the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, we're back. Thanks for coming along today. It's been, uh, what, we took four days off. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Well, we didn't take well, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. Well, we just, you know. They were kind of federal holiday type but, things. But we have not done a real show for four days. That has been a long time. It feels weird always, doesn't it? Yeah, but you know what uh, is different this time is that we celebrated the 4th together. <laughs> we did. Because yeah. you know what? People, John and I just can't get enough. Well, mm-hmm. We did a little the ride home, the 4th of July edition right there in our friend's backyard. I didn't want to say anything, but here's the weird thing. When we sat down to be with our families, <laughs> you were to the right of me. And I thought, there should be a video screen. And I thought, I thought are you kidding too. me? I literally thought, why am I sitting here? I know. That's I felt first, the same yeah, way. I was I like, okay, we just, you know, there we go. And <laughs> what can you do? And, All right. And it, thankfully that neither of our spouses were the producers of the event. No. Right? No. So. We decided we would keep Christy in her chair, her yeah. throne of honor, <laughs> not put one of our spouses in it for crying out loud. Good gravy, yeah. Uh, I feel like it's important to say, you know, we're on video. Um, you can watch the show at 101.5 Word FM or... Once I post it, the ride home with John and Kathy. Mm. I have to say, I think this is the big hair edition of the ride home. You look like you might be Stevie <laughs> Nicks' roommate. It's so hot and humid. I, I've lost control of my hair. So, people, if you all want to log on and tell me, you know, I got an email from somebody last week saying she didn't like my hair. Oh, come on. Did I tell you that? Did I tell you that, Christy? No. People are Christy, I can't hear you. I want to hear you, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Listen. I would trade like my right foot for your hair. Oh, would you? I'm we could saying, we could split my hair. I, seriously, I've got so much hair. People, I have none. It's like not even right. I have zero hair. Anyway, so we're not actually streaming. Oh, we're, so we're still kicked off Facebook. We're oh, still kicked okay. Off. So the bad news is you can't see that you can't see the hugeness of my Wait, hair. So the person who complained complained pre being kicked off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got kicked off because of your hair. You think that's it, Christy? I'm you think just it's saying. my hair? They just Hopefully were like, mm-hmm. what is going on right there? Listen, for people who have curly hair, when it's humid and hot like it is in Pittsburgh, and if you're not from Pittsburgh and you're listening online, I will tell you it's about, what, 94 today? It's hot. It's 94. It it's humid. And, like, there's limited things I can do. Yeah, that's fine. That's just how it is. Well, the good news is once the show's over, you can go home and <laughs> sit in the hot. Yeah, so for those of you who want to watch the show, guess what? You can't. You can't watch it. You can't do it. We can watch it. Sorry. We're watching ourselves, which yeah, is, you know, right, which is the last awful, thing you want to do. Which is awful. But don't worry, because we are going to be live on the air 101.5 for the next two hours and also streaming wherever you get your internet. Very nice. Uh, as we always do, we get underway for the, the Tuesday edition. Yep. We look at the top news stories. Kath, without further ado, please give us the top four at four. Four, John. Not Monday, but Tuesday, mm. July 6th. 2021. It's July. Did you catch that? I like it. Number one, H.J. Hines has had it. What? Tired of seeing hot dogs and buns sold in mismatched quantities. You got your hot dogs in your package of 10. You got your buns in your package of eight. 
The world-famous condiment maker launched a campaign today to encourage manufacturers to finally get it together. Mm. According to the Trib, Heinz started a petition at Heinz Hot Dog Pact. Dot com, saying it was compelled to get involved based on outrage from fans wait, wait. over the years. That word is so yeah, overused. Outrage. Listen, quote, we know there must be a better way, said Daniel Gottlieb, associate director of brand building and innovation for the Kraft Heinz company. Quote, Heinz is the perfect partner, he says, to address this grave hot dog to bun ratio issue and resolve the dilemma nice. forever. Grave outrage. Yeah. Number two. A Wall Street Journal study of thousands of prices at hundreds of hospitals revealed that many charge top prices to patients who have to pay cash out of pocket, compared with the prices the hospitals have negotiated with insurance companies. Uh, you knew that. Yeah, I sure did. The newly public prices allow for the first time a comparison of what insurers pay hospitals versus rates that hospitals set for patients who pay cash. Time and time again, the journal's analysis revealed cash payers are charged among the highest prices. Now, for those of you who haven't figured this out, patients typically pay these cash prices either because they are uninsured or because some services aren't covered by their health plans. Hospitals generally offer financial aid, but policies vary widely and can be poorly promoted, leaving many uninsured who are often also low income to struggle with unmanageable bills. One of those rare instances where cash is not king. Cash is not king. Number three. The AP is reporting that the pandemic-delayed Tokyo Olympics are shaping up as a TV-only event, with few spectators, if any, being allowed when they open in 17 days. Japan's Asahi newspaper said today the opening ceremony at the 68,000-seat national stadium is limited to only VIPs. Really? Mm -hmm. Other large venues are likely to have zero spectators. Smaller venues are expected to allow some. Fans from abroad were banned months ago. So there are going to be about 11,000 Olympic athletes, about 4,400 Paralympians. They're going to be entering Tokyo along with tens of thousands of their coaches, administrators, broadcasters, media, the whole nine yards. And the decision by the IOC, vehemently opposed by the Tokyo governor. Tokyo governor, Yuriko Koike, says the government is, or the IOC is overreacting. The government has the right policy. However, at the same time he said this, the government announced that they are extending their quasi-state of emergency measures in Tokyo, which reported 716 new cases, the highest in five weeks. All right, here's the deal. I will reserve judgment on yeah. whether I want to watch the Olympics, considering the antics of the Olympic athletes. Or whether they decide, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to tune in if we're going to be parading, you know, one disrespect after another. Okay. That's all. Just going to hold off that. on that. All right, let me also say that the IOC earns almost 75% of its income from TV. So no <laughs> matter who shows up, right, they're going to still generate 3 to $4 billion in income. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the gate receipts are neither here nor there. Number four, former President Jimmy Carter, longest living president, has accomplished a lot in his 96 years, but his longest running accomplishment is his marriage to former First Lady Rosalind Carter. The couple will celebrate their 75th anniversary July 7th, marking, according to CBS News, nearly eight decades of philanthropy travel family and love. They started dating in 1945 mm. when Mr. Carter, then at the U.S. Naval Academy, needed a date. He was home for a thing. And so his younger sister set him up with a family friend, Eleanor Rosalind Smith. And Mr. Carter already kind of liked her. Nice. Yeah. Uh -huh. So they were married at 21. Yep. 
Since that night, they went on to become a Navy family, a farming family, and then, of course, first family. Aside from all their work in the White House, the Carter Center, and Habitat for Humanity, the Carters are also known for being the longest married presidential couple in American history. The couple have four children together, and as two devout Christians, CBS News reports they read the Bible aloud every night in their home. And that is your, can I just say, your top four at four. Congratulations to Jimmy and Rosalind Carter for Mm -hmm. 75 years. Okay, we'll step away for just a minute on this Tuesday edition. Coming up next, we'll take a look at Matthew 5, 7, four factors of resilience and how Jesus' teaching speaks to that today. Right? We're streaming? No, we're not streaming. We are not. We're not streaming, John. I want to stream. No, you can't. Just imagine in your mind what that might be like. Big hair. WORD. Ahead from Bible teacher Chuck Swindoll. There are dark nights when we feel all alone, but we're not. You have Jesus. His Spirit is there to empower, to refresh your faith. He's there, even though the night is dark. Hear Chuck Swindoll's encouraging study in Matthew's Gospel. Weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factors? direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100% vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 831.21 all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com that is windowsrspittsburgh.com procrastinate This commercial is for you. And don't worry, it will air tomorrow as well in case that's better for you. We all procrastinate at some things, right? For me, it's letting my crazy grass grow. But when it comes to procrastinating, there's always a light bulb moment where we finally realize I've waited too long. Like when the squirrels in my yard disappear other than their tails. It's Ryan. And last year, mortgage rates dropped to historic lows. Then they went up a bit. But as of late, they've dropped back down which means that many homeowners could still refinance today and save significant monthly and lifelong money. At United Faith Mortgage, we're not really fans of saying, act now. You don't need another company yelling at you. But if you're the procrastinator who feels like they've waited too long, you should know that it may not be too late. Know that we'll do most of the work and that it'd be our honor to help. At United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Research shows people remember radio ads that remind them of the past. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's an ad that'll really take you back. Back in my day, I heard a voice from the radio say, Liberty Mutual customizes my home insurance, so I only pay for what I need. I'm getting on in years now, but (laughs) heavens to Betsy, there are some things an old fella like me just never forgets. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
you consider yourself a resilient person? I don't know. I mean, I think you become resilient because you have of, no choice. Because you, exactly, it's not something you ever try for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a life is full of difficulties, isn't it? Not it sure is. Right. You can either be just crushed by it, or you get up and do it again and again and again. So uh, Sheridan Voice is back with us. Sheridan's a regular guest on our show. Sheridan's a writer, a speaker, a broadcaster with an interest in what makes life deeply worthwhile. He appears on uh, the BBC show at uh, BBC Radio 2. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, as the conversation goes on. But here today to talk to us about resilience. And Sheridan, friend, welcome back. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. It's so good to see your voices, uh, see your faces again and hear your voices again because I've been away for a couple of weeks. Now I I'm know. back. It's just nice. Very good. I know. And we're in the same spot now. We're like, you know, John and I are breathing the same air, which I don't think you're we were the doing the last room. time we That's talked. Right. We I hope your air conditioning is all up to scratch with uh, Holy all cow, is it hot here? Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Shared it. Well, listen, last time we talked, I think you gave us the heads up that you'd been thinking a lot on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it was kind of funny because John and I have been talking about similar issues. Um, uh, and so Matthew 5, 7 is like, you know, kind of at the forefront of what we're contemplating these days. And so resilience came to mind. Um, tell me about the connection there. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. I mean, it's a few years ago, I did this little experiment where I decided to read the Sermon on the Mount every day for a month. And I oh, found really? it so impacting. Yeah, it, it lasted a second month and then a third month and then it kept on going. And the result of that ultimately was a book called Resilient and a, a kind of a DVD and a kind of a video series, which we were actually putting online at the moment. But it, the thing that really grabbed me was the fact that the resilience theme comes out at the very end of the sermon. You remember Jesus gives all of this uh, teaching, but then at the very end he gives that classic little illustration of the two builders mm -hmm. and there's the first builder uh he does the right thing he's american he builds correctly sure <laughs> right? right he digs down made in the usa he, only he builds he builds onto the foundation there's the second guy he's british and he doesn't he's too lazy <laughs> he just builds on the sand and uh, of course the, the sand of the colonial empire come, we know all about it sheridan <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and when the storms come, of course, it's uh, it's the first guy whose house stands, the second guy whose house uh, collapses. And Jesus says, look, um, you're going to be like the first guy if you don't just listen to what I've just said in the Sermon on the Mount. You actually put it into practice. You'll be the one who withstands the storms. That's another word or another phrase for resilience. So that's where the whole idea kind of came from. And then when I looked back over the first few chapters, I realized, you know what, gosh, this all builds to res resilience, especially when we map it against what some of the uh, positive psychologists are saying these days that builds resilience in that's us. Good. So that's interesting because, you know, when you, you frame it like this, it does feel like pop psychology, although not to disparage that, you know, you know, in one felt swoop, there is value there. But to have Jesus talk about it, that's really significant as well. So there is power in resilience is Christ himself is speaking of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you could say that Jesus beat the psychologists to their game by two millennia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was talking about this stuff beforehand. And, of course, the source of power and the source of strength is the key difference here as well. Because, of course, pop psychology will kind of base it all on ourselves, that we are the source of our own strength. We've got to deep, dig deep within. That's where we'll find it. We've got to put all these things into practice ourselves. 
Well, of course, that's the antithesis of the very gospel is actually God comes to us. Uh, the Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us to do these things. And that's worthwhile keeping in mind when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount, because, you know, in places it can be a hard reading, difficult reading, challenging mm-hmm. reading. Sure. Okay, so resilient. Um, in what way? Right. So let me give the research of uh, a guy named Martin Seligman, who is one of the kind of key leaders in the positive psychology movement. He says, resilience is built on four key factors. There's a couple more, but these are the four key. Number one, positive emotions. We can be resilient if we're able to amplify things like gratitude and joy and hope and love and manage negative emotions like bitterness and anger Mm -hmm. and worry. Those kinds of things make sense. Number two, strong relationships. We're going to be resilient if we have good, strong marriages, good, strong friendships, connections to our community. Third one is accomplishment. The resilient person can look to something in their life and say, you know what, I do that well, or I did that well. And then the final one, which I always find is fascinating, is what he calls meaning. Resilient people ultimately don't just live for themselves. They are kind of, they see themselves as part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I think then the psychology movement by itself, in and of itself, starts to get really, really weak, but where the gospel really, really comes into its own. So what? here's the thing, here's the claim, is that I would suggest that those four factors are either implicitly or explicitly actually uh, talked about by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Really? So positive emotions, strong relationships, accomplishment, Mm. and meaning – as you traveled through that 30-day first wave and then continued on, you found yourself in deeper conversation with those four things? Very much. So you think about positive emotions. Well, right off the bat, when it comes to kind of managing sadness and bitterness and anger and emphasizing things like hope and love and gratitude, well, let's take sadness, for example. At the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gets up, and what does he say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Straight away, we're starting on a note of hope. The poor in spirit. They were the last people that were on the minds of the Romans and the Greeks in that day. Mm. The last people. They were considered probably the ones who were stricken by God, abandoned by God. Jesus starts off by saying, blessed are those people. There mm. is hope. What's the second line? Blessed are those who mourn sadness, for they will be comforted. And on and on he goes. We can talk about anger. He's got a whole section there about dealing with anger, very practical steps as to how to deal with it. If your brother in the church, so to speak, uh, has a problem with you, well, then stop what you're doing in the church service and go and reconcile. If your neighbor has a problem with you, make sure you deal with it before he takes you to court. Really practical examples of that. But the biggest thing that Jesus talks about when it comes to emotions really is worry. Uh, He has got Mm -hmm. an extended section there in uh, Matthew 6 where he talks about, uh, you know, with two, two kind of tactics to that. Don't worry because, well, for a start, most of the things we worry about are not going to happen. Who of you can add an hour to your life by worrying doesn't really achieve much. But the second thing is he says, well, it kind of ignores that, you know, your father is actually providing for you. He provides for the, for the, uh, the birds of the air and, you know, he clothes the, uh, the, the hills with wonderful flowers. Well, how much more so is he going to provide for you? So that's just talking about the first one. Relationships. He's got a whole section in Matthew chapter 5 where he deals with the four factors that destroy relationships. Anger, unfaithfulness, mm. false promises, 
and retaliation. And this is where he gives that famous statement about loving our enemies, which, of course, is unheard of by any other religious leader. Uh, and then accomplishment. Well, in nowhere does Jesus talk about us taking up a hobby or pursuing goals or, you know, setting career goals or anything like that. I don't think you'd be against that. Right. But what does he say? He says, you are the salt of the earth mm. and you are the light of the world. Now, who's he speaking to? Well, he's speaking to the audience that we actually find out at the end of chapter four who they are. And, and they're a motley crew indeed. Go and read those last few verses of chapter four. You find that they were suffering from chronic illness. Some of them were demon possessed. Those are the people that he's speaking to. And he's saying, because you come and follow me, you will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. My goodness, accomplishment. How about a sense of calling in that? And then, of course, the sense of meaning. Well, the uh, famous Lord's Prayer is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Jesus starts off by uh, telling us to pray that uh, God's kingdom uh, comes and his will is, is done here on earth as it is in heaven. He also tells us to seek first the kingdom and all the other things will be given to us as well. We are called into something bigger than ourselves, mm -hmm. bigger than our own dreams, which is the kingdom of God. Sheridan Voisey is with us. Sheridan is a writer, speaker, broadcaster. He's written seven books. He's also a presenter on Pause for Thought, which is on BBC Radio 2's Zoe Ball Breakfast Show. Um, we're talking about um, his project related to the Sermon on the Mount, which has to do with resilience. And the part that is really fascinating to me that I've just, I have just I can't get out of my head is is this um, the, the meeting of the minds. Um, between uh, contemporary psychology and the gospel of Jesus. And it just makes me think again that what it, when we follow the gospel message of Jesus, it is the healthiest thing for us. It really is. I mean, I'm not trying to make Jesus into someone, into a pop psychologist. I'm just saying I think that's how humans are made. That's how we're created. When Jesus right. is telling us how to live, when he's helping us to know how to think, when he's helping us to know what to do, he's saying that not just because it's the best thing for the world, but it really is. It's our path to health and happiness and joy, don't you think? Oh, I really do, Kathy. And, you know, sometimes the Sermon on the Mount historically has almost been kind of sidelined a bit and put aside. I mean, uh, some people have said, look, it's so demanding. And my goodness, it is. When you read some of it, you go, oh, my goodness, what are you what are you calling of me, Lord? But, you know, it's so demanding. Some people have actually said, well, actually, it's for the age to come. It's actually not to, to for this age. But, you know what? In the age to come, we're not going to have enemies that need to be loved. It's right. actually for, for right. here today. Yeah. And I think it kind of connects in also with sometimes we think about the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments of those things. Sometimes those of us in the Protestant uh, stream of Christianity can sometimes say, oh, they were all really just to show how much we needed grace because we kept on failing them. Now, that's definitely a part of it. And we can't go and, you know, make ourselves righteous by simply living by them. But we have to remember the second aspect of that. They're actually for our good. Um, you know, not to have any oh, for sure. God before the Lord yeah. our God is actually for our good. Mm -hmm. We become what we worship. Um, you know, not to uh, you know to dishonor our parents is not a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. All of those things are actually for our good. Um, and exactly the same with the Sermon on the Mount as well. You know, this is kind of, it's Jesus' manifesto for a meaningful life in many ways. I'm into that. I mean, Sheridan, you think about, you know, what we're, we're still involved with uh, COVID-19 and, you know, your experience a little different than our experience. But people 
who want to give up or the rise of suicide in modern society. Or Kath and I were talking about family and friends that we know who have, you know, chronic diseases and illness. And it's just so much to bear that if they could, they would end it themselves. But they're being forced into resilient postures that they have nowhere else to go but to keep on going. And so I think in some ways, you know, that balm of peace, that balm of comfort, is also steps alongside with the strength of resilience as well. The two have to go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And and this is the thing that I think there's a lovely balance in the Sermon on the Mount, because, yes, Jesus has some tough bits where he, he you know, he says, you know, look, don't you go and judge other people. <laughs> the same way you judge other people is going to be the way you get judged. Um, there's some tough stuff in there. And yet he has also those wonderful bits about not worrying. You know, are you not much more valuable mm-hmm. than these birds of the air that uh, God provides for? Are you not much more valuable than all these, you know, wonderful flowers that kind of fill the hills, which are signs of God's provision? You're so much more valuable than that. And so we have both that kind of uh, emphasis of, of okay, I'm, I'm not going to treat you as victims. I'm not going to treat you as diminished little people who need to be molly coddled. Yeah. No, I'm going to call you some, to something higher. I'm going to call you to worship, and I'm going to call you to. I'm going to call you to um, to living that is vibrant and, in so many ways, is epic yeah. in the best sense of the term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is all all within the the great everlasting arms that hold us from the beginning. You know. Uh, Speak to your father who is in heaven. You know, your father who is so close, who is in heaven, who is far away. You know, you've got those both aspects of it. You know, God's mm-hmm. closeness, his nearness, and yet his bigness, his greatness. All of those things are held together in balance. And I think that can really recalibrate our own spirituality in this day and age and bring that mode of, of, of hope that you're talking about there, John. Yeah. You know what else I think of uh, when I read this is that it's, it's, a, it's a hobbit-like thing where, where we're called to live heroic lives and really ordinary ones hmm. at the same yeah. time. And the Sermon on the Mount speaks to both, don't you think? I think so, yes. And there they go. They they make their way back to their home at the very end of The Lord of the Rings. You know, everything kind of goes back to normalcy. But yet that is where we're supposed to be living right. a very faithful life. Yeah. This is this is on the ground kind of stuff. This is not kind of getting us to think so big and now oh, I'm going to somehow be this, um, you know, big champion, big celebrity. Uh, no, this is very much on the ground stuff that we are to do. But it's so countercultural, and I think that's where the epic nature of it comes into. Very nice. Yeah. Sheridan, so this conversation, based upon work that you're currently doing, if people want to go deeper into this conversation, they can find resources that are available. Yeah, I'd love you to come and uh, visit my blog at the moment, SheridanVoise.com. So a few years ago, we did these this set of, of uh, films that were based on the Sermon on the Mount, the set of six and they've only been available for purchase until recently, and now we've, my publishers have made them public, and so we're kind of doing a devotional series on that for the next uh, two weeks. We're kind of doing special emails, and you get a whole bunch of things to read and watch and reflect on and do, some little creative exercises for you to put the Sermon on the Mount into practice because uh, I think, yeah, now's the time for us to look at that resilience theme again, but do it in the way of Jesus rather than just the way of pop psychology. Amen. I mean, Sheridan, I love that you started to read the Sermon on the Mount, that commitment for 30 days, and it carried on and on and on, and it's become something else in your life. That's good stuff. 
I've never looked back at that, and I still do it. I still pick it up, and I'll still read it every day for a period of time. It will change your life mm-hmm. because it will recalibrate a whole bunch of things. Yeah. That's good. Sheridan, before you leave us, just tell us how uh, the UK is COVID-wise. Well, COVID-wise, in terms of uh, day-to-day life per day, that's we're a lot more on top of things than we have been in the past, which is wonderful. We are seeing the Delta variant uh, grow uh, quite significantly, which is a big concern. Thankfully, though, we're not seeing corresponding levels of hospitalizations or fatalities, uh, which we had in the past, because we have something like almost 80% vaccination rate of the adult population here. Really? We have done so, Fantastic. so well, certainly with the first uh, first jab and I think 60% for the second jab. So it's really quite significant, and that is the reason why it looks like we pray so, please, Lord, in the next couple of weeks, we will uh, hopefully be moving out of lockdown for good. So that's that's the next steps anyway. It's oh, really that's good. wonderful. Very well, good. we're just about, I hate to say, is it okay to use the term back to normal here? I don't we know if we can, normal. but I feel like we are here I'm traveling. in this yeah. part of the States. So it's really exciting for us, Sheridan. Good. Good, good news, isn't yes. it? Good news. Yeah. Yeah. SheridanVoise.com. Yes, Sheridan? That's the one. Very nice. All right. SheridanVoise.com. Check him out. Sermon on the Mount and Resilience. Sheridan, love to see you. Great Thanks to hear from you. Thanks for stopping by. You too, Kathy. You too, John. Thanks Thank so you. much. We'll step aside. A few minutes, we come back. Things to do in Pittsburgh for the month of July. Stay tuned for that. Whether it's offering curbside or next-day delivery for online orders on over 160,000 parts or getting involved in their local communities, when it comes to serving you, Napa's Motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. When was the last time you watched your home movies? Do you have a VCR anymore? What about a film projector? With technology constantly changing, most families don't have a way to enjoy their recorded memories. Trapped on VHS, camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. That's why we created Legacy Box over a decade ago. Legacy Box is an affordable mailed-in kit to have your aging media digitized to DVD, thumb drive, or the cloud. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S. Imagine being able to easily relive weddings, graduations, baby's first steps, and more. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the whole family together and begin the trip down memory lane. Plus, for a limited time, we're offering 40% off. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to get an exclusive 40% off. Buy today to take advantage of this incredible offer and send in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com LBOX to save 40% off. 
LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at Radio.com. The worst pain I've ever felt came from shingles. As a healthy, active woman in my early 60s, it kept me from sleeping at night. It made it hard for me to work and enjoy my active lifestyle. I didn't know a simple vaccination could have helped me avoid getting shingles. I'm Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Everyone 60 and older needs the shingles vaccine to protect against this painful disease. Ask about it the next time you're at your doctor's office or pharmacy. Visit adultvaccination.org. It'll be mainly clear and humid tonight with a low of 71. Tomorrow will be humid with a mix of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 86. Tomorrow night will be humid with plenty of clouds and evening thunderstorm, followed by a strong thunderstorm in the area late, low 69. Thursday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Indeed, do. Okay, all right, love. Lots going on here for the month of July. Summer is truly upon us. I went to a pirate game last night. Had a fabulous time. I forgot that you were going. Oh, yeah. And when I realized that you were there, Mm. I thought, this is going to be horrible because it's the Braves. Yep. And we're going to lose. And and look what happened. We won the game. You were there on the... Not only did we win the game, we completely annihilated them. 11 to 1. That Listen, was so thrilling. I can't tell you how many games I've been to. We hear that goofy tomahawk chop. I hate that tomahawk chop. chop. Like it's, it just goes right through and me. And brave people. fans, they travel oh, well. I mean, they, they were do. like, you they know, they make me. Sick. We sat down. I'm sitting right next to a Braves fan. I was like, oh <laughs> lord. Uh, anyway, like it was a really beautiful summer night. It was good to be out of PNC Park. Say what you will about the management and the, I'm sorry, the ownership, which I could write a book about. I still can't not attend. I just love to go. I have to go. That's all. Well, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, what a terrific night. It was hot. Lovely. It was great to be outside. It's everything you dream about in February. Yeah, exactly. That's and exactly you were living it last it night. Was, so good yeah. for you. Uh, things to do in Pittsburgh. The Mon will rock when Ferdinand the Bull and Bill Deasy kick off the Summer Music Fest. That's happening. Uh, Southside Works, July 9th and 7th, uh, 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, sporting fashion, outdoor girls from 1800 to 1960 at the Frick Pittsburgh. Outdoor girls. Outdoor girls. Fashion that girls wear when they're out, out exercising from 1800 Oh, I bet that's funny. So are yoga pants going to be in there for the most recent? Well, no, because it's 1960. Well, I'm just, I mean, up to, does it go up to the present? No, 1960. Mm. 1800 to 1960. Oh, so 1960 is the end point. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. That sounds like fun. Jazz Live the Allegheny Overlook Pop-Up Park, July 6th. That's this evening. Uh, is it? Where's Allegheny Overlook Park? Five to seven. Mm-hmm. Do you know where that is? Uh, no, I thought you would know that. Allegheny Overlook. Yeah. Mm, that's okay. this evening. Even, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh Vintage Van- uh, Grand Prix, the Grand Prix, which I love to go to. July 11th through the 25th. Okay, so that starts this weekend. Yep. And the Greater Pittsburgh Food Truck Festival at the Meadows Racetrack and Casino, July 16th through the 18th uh, from 11 to 7. Listen, I love a food truck. Do you, though? Yeah. I'm always a little leery. Are you? Yeah, I am leery, too. But here's here's the thing. This is what got me out of it. I was in Portland five years ago, six years ago, something like that. I know. But um, 
they have they I don't know if they still do it now, but at the time I was there, they had a particular square in the downtown area yeah. where they have between like 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. They just have food trucks set up. And when I say there are food trucks set up, they're probably 50. Really? I mean, it's just one after another. And so you can just walk around. People just go there, grab their lunch. and You can just, you know, go to two different have places, three there. different places. So it got me kind of excited about Something's it. Something's in Nashon. Okay, all right. Well, maybe there used to be food trucks that showed up yeah, here. Yeah, but that died. Back in the old days. That's over. Okay. It was pre-COVID. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. There is only one sovereign in this universe, and that's Almighty God. Nobody, no one can do anything unless God allows it. All power given to all men is given to them by God. Hear the series, The Coming King, a study of revelation. This week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Where can you find a mattress store that truly puts your needs first? Only here at the Original Mattress Factory. Our team is here with a no-pressure approach to help you find the right mattress to meet your unique needs. Whether it's back support, comfort, or long-term durability you're seeking, nobody knows more about what makes a great mattress great. We want to make sure you're prepared to make the best choice for you, whether you buy from us or not. Stop by your local OMF store to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Does your school help your child imagine, believe, and achieve? Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon does just that. And they've partnered with this station to offer half off a year's tuition for first-time enrollees. Here, your K-6 through grade student will discover their true potential with the help and love of certified teachers who bring their faith and passion for learning into the classroom using Jubilee's award-winning integrated curriculum. Get half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Well, we've just come through two holidays. 
for a lot of people, great celebration. Yeah. For some people, a raising of the eyebrow. Dr. Todd Allen is with us, Vice President for Diversity Affairs, Professor of Communication, Messiah University, founder of the Common Ground Project. It's a nonprofit dedicated to teaching the history of the civil rights movement. And he's with us here today to talk to us about two holidays, Juneteenth and Independence Day. Todd, welcome back. Great to see you. Hi, John and Kathy. So good to see you. Yeah, I like to see your face in here, too. It's fun being back in the studio. Now we can see you better. I like this. I I see. I see. You're back together again. I like. That's (laughs) right. Breathing breathing the same air, Todd. Still living. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, All right, Todd. So I got to be honest with you. This is is frustrating for me. I'm a white woman in America. I can't imagine how frustrating this is for you. Um, there are a lot of voices, loud voices online in particular. I guess that's where the loudest voices are right Always. now are those online, uh, <laughs> saying that if we celebrate Juneteenth, all of a sudden that means that we don't care about the 4th of July anymore. Like all of a sudden the Independence Day isn't the real thing, and now we've – I don't compromise. I don't know. What, what do you say? Yeah, well, it's it's that you know replacement rhetoric that I think some use intentionally knowing full well what they're doing. Um, and, you mean and just, but to, others, just to be way, just to be divisive to make to a be, point just okay. to be just to be divisive uh, I was gonna say you know they, they know full well what they're doing um, you know because I've heard it whether it's about Juneteenth oh see now they're trying to replace the 4th of July or I've heard it in regards recently uh, with the uh, with the anthem uh, Vanessa Williams performed beautifully the other night and people said oh see there's a black national anthem they're trying to do away with with that um, and that's not the case at all you know really the The two holidays for me uh, provide a fitting moment for us to have a deeper uh, dialogue on the issues of race, citizenship, and equality uh, in this country, uh, both historically as well as in a a current context. That's if we're willing. You know, I know that many people's uh, opinions on on each holiday um, are are mixed, um, but honestly, I feel if one were to take the time to really explore more more fully uh, each of these holidays, uh, for the ideals they represent, uh, for what they can teach us about what it means to be uh, a, a free people. Uh, I think they together point out both the paradox as well as the promise uh, of this country. Fabulous. Okay, so talk to us then about Juneteenth, right? Here it is. The It's a new national holiday. And as you said, I mean, there are those who just are in the business of, you know, kicking the can down the road to, just to create controversy. But at its core, there is something that is good and, dare I say, holy about this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a new national holiday, but it is not a new holiday. You know, sometimes mm, when people uh, just find out about something, they think it's new. Uh, Juneteenth uh, really has been celebrated uh, in Texas since 1866, a year after. You know, when we think about what Juneteenth is, it, it marks that moment uh, where those who were enslaved in the state of Texas, uh, particularly in the, in the town of Galveston, um, found out not only about the Emancipation Proclamation from 1863, but also found out about the end uh, of the Civil War, uh, realizing then that they were no longer an enslaved people. Now, it would be another six months uh, when the first of the Reconstruction Amendments, the 13th Amendment, uh, would be passed uh, to abolish slavery. But it's designed to celebrate uh, this fact that freedom and the promise of freedom finally came uh, to an enslaved people uh, in this nation. Uh, if that is not an American concept, I, I really don't know, right. know what is. And by celebrating that, Todd, it doesn't minimize the 4th of July. Why do, I, I, I can't understand. You, you mentioned earlier, and I appreciate your, your 
kindness in saying this, Todd, that you you could see how people have issues with both holidays. I actually have a hard time seeing that only because I feel like they're a perfect fit together. Why wouldn't you want to celebrate on the 4th of July a country that saw the error of its ways and realized that a change had to be made? I mean, and why why wouldn't Juneteenth help us to more fully understand where we were and appreciate where we are and see where we need to go? Towards a more perfect union. Well, again, I think, you know, so many people have these conversations apart from any uh, not only historical context, but understanding uh, of history. And they just make for for good talking points. But when we think about African-Americans in the 4th of July, that's an interesting uh, history as well. Um, You know, in July of 1776, uh, when when we became a, a nation, or one of those moments, I guess you can say, when we became a nation, we did still have the institution of slavery going on in this in this country. Probably one of the most famous orations pointing out this contradiction, and dare I even say hypocrisy, uh, is the address by Frederick Douglass mm-hmm. uh, in 1852 that we know as kind of what to the slave is the is sure. the Fourth of July. Now, some people will look at Douglass's address and only see it um, as a line of grievance and use that as complete justification and vindication as to why as African-Americans, they don't celebrate the holiday. Um, but you know, just to, just to quote a little bit um, from, from, Doug, from Douglas, he says this in that address. He says, the blessings in which you this day rejoice, he's speaking to whites, uh, are not enjoyed in common. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is a constant victim. Now, the thing I love about what what, what Douglas says, and like I said, what some might see as, as, as condemnation in this address and might see it as filled with pessimism, I guess that's one way you could read it. But in fact, to me, and I think many others, it's hope-filled and it's optimistic and dare I say even prophetic because he's calling out the nation to be the people that she claims to be. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I think I think what Douglas has done in that oration, and if people haven't read it, I strongly encourage them to read uh, in its entirety, What to the Slave is the Fourth of July, because to me, that's a sermon. And I often say a sermon at its best has a little bit of ouch and a little bit of amen in it. And <laughs> Douglas gives us plenty of ouch and amen mm-hmm. uh, in that address. Yeah. So, Todd, then how do we look at this? I mean, as believers, we are supposed to look at the world differently, right? So what do you take from this, that handshake of the two holidays together? When you look at the both, what, what does it mean to you? Well, you know, I tell people, uh, you know, actually a minister at my church the other day said it this way. She says, as a believer, since I met Jesus, every day is Independence Day, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That one can have a love of their country and also a criticism of their country and hold those all at the same time. I mean, James Baldwin uh, reminded us of that, right? I mean, think about as a parent. You've got love for your children, but you also provide criticism and correction. And I think, you know, taken together, uh, that's what that's what these holidays can do. They can remind us uh, of the promise uh, that we have as a nation, but they can also remind us of those moments where we fall short in our practice uh, as a nation. Sure. And isn't it good to be reminded of that? Don't we want that? Yes. I mean, we as as Christians, we should be more conversant with the idea of of the role of the prophet more than anyone else, 
right? This is part of our spiritual history and our lineage that, that there were, that there were men who called us back and said, look at what you're doing. You need to turn around. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what it is. I mean, this is, this is what brings health to us. This is how we have a hope and a future is that we have prophets that tell us the truth, right? What do we need people who are just going to tell us things that sound good to us at the time, but bring us death in the end? Well, and that's so often, you know, people have said, you know, love without truth lies and truth without love kills. And sometimes we want a history to us that is devoid of truth and filled with lies so that we feel good about it. Uh, but that feeling good does nothing um, but, uh, but trick us into believing that we're further along than what we really are. I mean, not to get political, but we are talking two holidays, I guess. Sure. Uh, so that, that is in itself political. But literally today, as we sit here right now, we are six months uh, removed from the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, you know, that hate-filled rhetoric, that divisiveness that was on display that day has not ceased. If we are going to truly become, as Vincent Harding said, the late historian Vincent Harding said, citizens of a country that does not yet exist, but must exist, mm -hmm. we've got to lean into the hard history, we've got to lean into uh, both the promise uh, of who we say we are as a country, uh, but also the confession of where we've fallen short and then a commitment to do better. And to start that conversation, we got to do things like this. I mean, you know, here we are on 50,000 watts, but it's got to look each other in the eye, right? And not be fearful of each other, not be angry of each other, not be awkward with not, each other. Not jump all over each other when we say the wrong thing. Right. And I, I think, you know. Which we're going to do all the time. Online is one thing, but face-to-face -face is a whole other story. Right. You know, it's 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 seeing the image of God uh, in others. Yeah. You know, my, my standard and my bar is higher when I'm talking to people of faith, sure. uh, because we should know, we know better, so we should do better. Uh, but oftentimes we, we're not, we're not better. Um, and, th and that's the challenge. That's the challenge for us all. That is the challenge for us. As Langston Hughes said it, a land that has never been yet, but must be, right? Must a land be. where every man is free beautiful words. We want to see that happen. We want to bring that about. We love our country. Um, Todd, we love you too. So happy to have you with us today. We're grateful for what you bring to the show. Love to both of you. Thank you. Oh, it's our great pleasure. Dr. Todd Allen from Messiah College. Find out more about the Common Ground Project. It's online. Thank you, Todd. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true. 
true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. I grew up uh, in the 60s in the era of the, uh, the fro. Oh, yeah. I mean. The bigger, the better. The fro. Uh, there's a story today about a, a kid, 17 year old kid, who his mom says since he was born, the one thing that was apparent was his beautiful head of hair. And so as a kid, they just let his afro grow and grow and grow. Well, now this kid joined the um, the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. And, of course, it came time to cut this thing off because he was going in. Kirian Moyes is his name, 17 years old. And uh, this thing is gigantic. I mean, he it's, lo- it's impressively enormous. <laughs> it is. So when Kirian was in the eighth grade, a childhood friend of his died of, of childhood cancer. And so to cut this off, he said, I want to raise some money and make it a thing. So he did. He raised $38,000 in his hometown in Maryland for pediatric cancer victims. And I'll tell you, he raised thirty eight thousand dollars. Isn't that fabulous? I mean, the size. Yeah, it's much bigger than his actual face. I mean, seriously, if you could see this thing and then they go through all these different things, there's his mom, you know, being part of the ceremony where they start to cut this thing off. And of course, they brought in they had to bring in a professional barber just because it's so unwieldy. An amateur can't possibly manage that. Yeah. But they said all of this kid's life, two things were consistent. His love of rocketry, airplanes, and the love of his big thing on his head. And so now he's going to lose the big thing on his head. So he goes into the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Now, they couldn't contact him because he's already undergoing basic training at the Air Force Academy. So he's you know not available for the next couple of months. But the $38,000, hopefully it's going to make some kids happy. Holy cow. That is so cool. That's absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Have you ever let your hair grow long? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, as a teenager in my 20s, I had real long hair. Re- yeah. That couldn't have been a good look. No, it was a great look. I don't think it was. No, it was a really good look. And I'm sure, I'm actually relatively certain I'll find it a photo sometime okay. you know, and, and show it to you. Sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, it was kind of like that era of post-hippie thing, but, you know, mm-hmm. it gained a little bit of a status thing. <laughs> Okay. See, when we look back at hippie, we don't usually think that that was no, like, no. you know, appearance-wise. Don't like, you like long hair on guys? Absolutely no, not. No, I do. Not I like even it. a little bit. I think a lot of Nope. The right person looks pretty darn good. <laughs> nope. Really? I don't think. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Look and at you. Well, look at your hair today. You, it's a shame we're not streaming because, holy moly, you've got that thing going on, lady. <laughs> Listen, How about people, you cut your I hair off? I can't control. I just got to cut on Friday. Oh. Do you ever have really short hair? Yeah, uh, second grade. That That's wasn't it. good. See, now my that wife was, has You super can imagine short hair. how huge my hair was when it was short. Yeah. Like, that was much worse, actually. Anyway, cut your hair off or keep it long. It all looks good as long as you got it. And me, I'm sort of like, you know, at that age where I'm follically challenged, but it is what it is. WORDFM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart, TuneIn and at Radio.com With SRN News, I'm John Scott Six months after the attack on the Capitol the Justice Department is still hunting for scores of rioters even as the first of more than 500 people already arrested have pleaded guilty Details from Bernie Bennett Among those who still haven't been caught the person who planted two pipe bombs outside the RNC and DNC headquarters the night before, as well as many people accused of attacking police officers or violence and threats against journalists. The FBI website seeking information about those involved includes more than 900 pictures of roughly 300 people labeled unidentified. The FBI has been helped by so-called sedition hunters or armchair detectives who have teamed up to identify some of the most elusive suspects, using crowdsourcing to pour over the vast trove of videos and photos from the assault. Bernie Bennett in Washington. The discovery of four more victims in the rubble of the collapsed Florida condominium building in Surfside has now raised the death toll there to 32. This is SRN News. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1 800 770 4747 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-770-4747 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. For nearly 100 years, folks have trusted Blue Star medicated ointment to relieve the pain and itching of almost any skin irritation. It works on my son's dry itching feet and their jock itch. I had this rash on my neck. Nothing worked until Blue Star. Blue Star worked great on my ringworm without steroids. My wife and I have been using Blue Star for years. It's never let us down. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast. 
or your money back. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. Hey, Pittsburgh, help make your streets safer for everyone so the people driving cars, riding bikes, taking buses, and walking can get where they're going faster and easier. Champion safer and more connected streets at MoveForwardPGH.org. It'll be mainly clear and humid tonight with a low of 71. Tomorrow will be humid with a mix of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 86. Tomorrow night will be humid with plenty of clouds and evening thunderstorm, followed by a strong thunderstorm in the area late, low 69. Thursday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We live in such weirdly contentious times that things like the 4th of July or the Declaration of Independence have come under attack. And it's really odd. Why does it have to be so antagonistic because we live in a world of really hardcore left-leaning liberal media and they are trying to inform and a new and woke there's that word and enlightened citizenry yeah but that's not the only reason the only reason i mean there's there there are people who are every bit as vehement on the other side right yeah but listen well let me read you this story npr denounces the declaration of independence Right. So wait, uh, let me guess on the 4th of July on the 4th of July. So I'm reading from postmillennial.com. National Public Radio continued its yearly July 4th tradition of posting the Declaration of Independence on social media. This year, however, there are a few twists and caveats. Quote, 245 years ago today, leaders representing 13 British colonies signed a document to declare independence. NBR tweeted, linking to an article about its annual reading of the founding document. And then it goes on. It says that, quote, all men are created equal, but women, enslaved people, indigenous people, and many others were not held as equal at that time, NPR added. Well, of course that's true. We all know that, right? right? Or if we don't know that, we should know that. Right. Of course that's true. Uh, but then they go on. The document also includes a racist slur against indigenous Americans. And then, um, I mean, it just it, 
they go in and they essentially, almost line by line, look at the foundation of the Declaration of Independence and just rip into it, just crush it. Uh, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I just, to rile people up or to get people angry, what's the deal? What's your take? So I listened to NPR religiously Do you, for years. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. Not anymore. Religiously, I listened to them for years. Their production values, we know, terrific, right? Yeah. Um, musically in Pittsburgh for many, many years, they were the foundation of the jazz community. Sure, yeah, yeah. Love that. Um, however, I stopped listening to them one uh, Easter Sunday when they decided to take it upon themselves to do exactly what they did to the Declaration of Independence, but they did it to the crucifixion. What, to enlighten us? To enlighten us. Yeah. To help us to understand how, you know, how we had misunderstood the crucifixion and the, the, the absurdity of, a, of the bodily resurrection and the whole, I mean, I, I was just done. I thought, you know what, this is like in, in your quest to be so open-minded and tolerant, you are insulting in, to a people group that you feel like is okay to pile on. And I was just, I, I was just done with it. I really was, and so it doesn't surprise me that they do it on the Fourth of July. No, because of if not. they did that to the crucifixion and the resurrection on Easter, then nothing's out of bounds. Look, everything that they said about the Declaration of Independence at the beginning, we, I can totally buy into. You acknowledge, right? It's just towards a, a more right, perfect union. Toward, that's what it is, right? No, none of us are saying that the union is perfect. It certainly wasn't then, and newsflash, it's not now either. Right. And if you uh, believe me, if you would dive not even deep into your history, you would see that the founding fathers recognized that they fought bitterly amongst themselves, right? But they wanted to put something down in writing to ensure that this new creation yes. would become a new creation yes. and start to move forward. Yes, right. But it was towards a more perfect union. We're not saying that this was written in stone and this was the be all and end all of what the government no, and the country was going to be built upon. No. There's always adjustments to everything that's being made. That's why there are amendments to the Constitution. Right. Right. That's I mean, why we have a continually uh, evolving understanding of what the founding documents are and what they mean for us today. And how fortunate are we that we have founding documents that were written so beautifully and with such wonderful ideals brilliance. that 200 years later, we can still be looking at them and realizing that we haven't lived. We have never quite lived up to them. Right. I mean, the, the fear for me is for a lot of people is that people are obviously, intellectually lazy. And so they turn on the radio, NPR or whatever, and they hear that and they shake their head and they then they wag their finger and say, yeah, America is this kind of, you know, backwards, racist country or what. They pile on and they, they don't choose to dig deeper right. to engage in really the the genius of this incredible country. Right. And That's how, the problem. And how can we be a part of forming, working toward that more perfect union. So instead of just hating on the country, hating on the founding documents and hating on the founding fathers and everything about it, how about we all get together and say, you know what, guess what? It's no big surprise that it's never been perfect. It's not perfect now. How can we today, when I talk to a person at the bus stop, when I talk to a person at Giant Eagle, when I go out and talk to the person who's cleaning my office, how am I, in my interpersonal life, going to work towards a more perfect union? Right. And I, I do believe, I think, you know, the, the more you travel, whether you travel 
you know, here in North America, up to Canada or down to Mexico, or if you're fortunate where you go overseas and you see places in this world, you think we are so far advanced towards a more perfect union than any country in this world. I firmly believe that. Right. And you think if you think that the prejudice and the divide that we have in this country is not replicated in other countries, then you haven't traveled to other countries and seen it. It is there. It is in the heart of the human being. We are sinful people who divide one from another. Our only hope for the future, our only hope for unity is confessing our sins to a holy God who's created all of us to be, to look, to talk, to sound different, to repent from our former understanding and to say, God, show me the way to see everyone around me in your image. That's the only hope for every person in every country on the globe. It's not just here. We're not worse than anyone else. We are similarly bad. We are filled with sin like every other nation, every other culture on earth. It's just the human condition. It is the human condition. Right. It is the human condition. But I tell you, it is still a fabulous country. And for those who disagree, when you're well, when you're, you're away when you're see. away overseas, when you come back into the airport, aren't oh, you like I can't believe how great it is. I here. always I am always yeah. grateful to come Seriously, back. You, do, you want to get down grateful. and kiss the ground. Yeah. Because it is. It's fabulous, despite its its uh, foibles. And there's many of them, of course. You would have to agree with that. But still, it is the greatest country. I it is. firmly believe that. All right, let us take a quick break. That's NPR. That's their take. But uh, we'll take a quick break, come back. The next big picture in bioethics, Dr. Charlie Camosi is with us. A very interesting conversation, we promise, is straight ahead. WORD. Early on a Saturday morning more than five years ago, Ron Hutchcraft's wife died suddenly, and his life was instantly changed. I felt like a lost little boy. I knew how to do life with Karen. Life without her had no map whatsoever. Finding hope when your heart is breaking. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. 
Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. The world of bioethics is so far outside my specialty. I mean, so far outside the specialty of the average person also. That it's hard to enter into a discussion about it. You know, it's hard to be a person who's aware of trends and aware of ethical considerations and even be able to understand enough to weigh in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Okay, so so we're talking about okay, say we're talking about politics. So everybody's going to have a different perspective on like a, a bill that's being passed or something like that, right? Okay. So we're not politicians, but you know, we, the language is the same. Yeah. Right? We're going so if we spend enough time, we could f- probably figure it out, right? But when it's an issue of bioethics, the language of medicine is so different. It's not what you and I speak on a day-to-day basis. So I think the average person feels a little cowed, a little overwhelmed, a little, well, I'll let the professionals handle that. You know what I mean? Because I don't really know enough to weigh in. Maybe that's a bad perspective. Well, thankfully, we have the professionals with us. Dr. Charlie Camosi is back with us. Dr. Camosi is professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University, the author of five books, including most recently, Resisting Throwaway Culture, How a Consistent Life Ethic Can Unite a Fractured People. Charlie, welcome back. Good to see both of you. Yeah, Charlie, good to see your face. Now, I don't know if you heard what I was saying because you were just kind of coming into our Zoom call at the time. But I wonder when it comes to issues of, of bioethics, if maybe the average person just feels like, you know what, it's that's too complicated. I'm not a scientist. I'm just going to let them handle it because I, I don't even know enough to weigh in. They might feel that way. Um, academics and especially academic physicians tend to use big words and uh, things that uh, can alienate people from the conversation. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of the people who are heading up, say, hospital ethics committee meetings have virtually no training in bioethics or ethics. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes they just think that, you know, getting a medical degree or a nursing degree, while those are impressive degrees, gives you some kind of background to say, make a call about whether this is an example of killing or letting die or what kind of version of the human person is operative here or who's the most vulnerable patient in a particular situation to take care of. Those are questions about value. Those are questions about ethics. And those are things we all have intuitions about. Um, I'm trained as an ethicist, so I can use big words too, and I can name drop authors, but 
there's really what my new book about losing our dignity is really trying to say is it, there's there's no view from nowhere on these questions. We all are ensconced in these fundamental first principles and values. And there's really no, you know, expert right opinion about these values for the from the most educated to the least educated. We all are on the same level when it comes to our first principles, our fundamental values. Right. So, Charlie, here we are at a, at a very uh, I don't know, it's a very contentious, very interesting uh, phase of human history, especially worldwide, where you look at the graying of the world, right? And we see it here in the United States. People are aging out. And, of course, the population is, you know, is not replacing itself. So people are getting older. You look at whether it's cancer or dementia, and uh, you see nursing homes filling up with people. You know, I guess one of the ethical concerns is, which you speak about deeply and care about, is what happens to those of us, whether it's grandparents, parents, or ourselves, as we need help and care, who will be the people who step in? And, you know, historically, that that has been filled very uh, expertly by uh, people of great humanitarian care. But now, because of, the, you know, a, a shifting of population, things are changing. Yeah, shifting of population is a big one. It mm-hmm. used to be that uh, we would just take care of our elders in our homes, right? Our the the children and other extended family would just take care of loved ones. That was just what you're expected. In many places of the world, it still is the expectation that, that that will happen. But in addition to cultural norm shifting about like not wanting to be a burden on each other and those sorts of things, you're right to point out just the math on this is we're just not having kids the way we used to, and so the and we're not having extended families the way we used to, and people are moving away from their families they didn't before but there's even something more insidious going on here which i think which is back to this first principles and like your your foundational values we used to say and in some context we still do say that what made everyone equal it made everyone of of, of infinite value was being made in the image and likeness of god having a common nature which reflects our divine creator i don't need to tell you that that is not in fashion today especially in medicine and so what we've now moved towards is a very different vision of what makes people valuable. And that's things like productivity, rationality, self-awareness, consumption, um, mm. consumption. That's right. And, um, and it's manifestly the case that all human beings are not equal in those measures. In fact, if you, if you allow me to have a plug, I just got my, my author, my author copy today. Oh yeah. I want to see it. Losing our dignity. Yeah. How secularized medicine is undermining fundamental human equality. It's it's manifestly the case that people at the end of their lives don't have rationality, self-awareness, productivity, the way that others in the culture do. And we're starting to make choices that reflect that. We're starting to say, you know, maybe those people just go away and die over there in that institution alone. Um Maybe we even offer them euthanasia in certain circumstances. This is starting to happen in places like the Netherlands. California recently legalized physician-assisted suicide. They're already getting pressure to allow people with dementia to be eligible for physician-assisted suicide in California. And so my deep concern is when, since we've abandoned this fundamental principle, first Mm -hmm. principle, going back to your original question, the kind of chips are falling where we might expect them to fall once we've abandoned them. And unless and until we rediscover that and reinvigorate this idea that we're not equal because 
of what we can do, but of who we are, the divine creator's image reflected in us, then I, I, I really fear for what's going to come down the pike. Dr. Charlie Camosi is with us, professor of theological and social ethics at Fordham University. He's the author of five books, including his latest, which is called, what is it, Charlie? Losing Our Dignity, How Secularized Medicine is Undermining Fundamental Human Equality. Losing Our Dignity. I just got my copy at home yesterday. Very nice. I haven't opened it yet, though, but All I know right. it's on my desk. So, Charlie, we've, we're going through, a, you know, we're just coming out of, you know, in many places, the pandemic. And I think... I mean, Look at that. I mean, that's the exclamation point on, in many ways what you're talking about, the dignity of those who are suffering and dying. We saw it on the news. We, you know, we were surrounded by it for more than a year. Yeah. And I hesitate to talk about silver linings in the midst of horrific numbers of death and stories of death. But but maybe if 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 God can lead us in a direction for something good to come out of this, it can be this thing that happened, which I think happened, which is this white, hot, bright spotlight was shown on the terrible way we treat people in nursing homes and especially mm -hmm. those that have dementia. And in, in, in the past, you know, my, you mentioned my previous book, Resisting Throwaway Culture, there was a throwaway culture which hid that off from us, right? That's part of the point of pushing them off to the, to the side. We don't have to think about them. We can keep you worshiping youth and vigor and consumption. We don't have to think about the fact that the generation that raised us is deteriorating alone. But the pandemic, in some ways, forced us to look. And we didn't want to look before for understandable reasons. But now there's no excuse. We are without excuse. The last year and a half has shown us in, in some of the most terrible ways how we treat the elderly. And we have a choice to make. Um, in the trailer for my book, I suggest that there are three options. We can go, go to robot care. Uh, we could go to euthanasia and assisted suicide, or we could reinvigorate the concept of fundamental human equality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any other any other options Alternative. available to us. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, is there any way, though, Charlie, to do that in a secular culture? That's the question that comes to me. To do what? Is there any way to reinvigorate the honor and dignity of the human person in a culture that's increasingly secular? Yeah, I think it's a tough tough ask. Uh, I mean, there are secular people who who agree with this. And the question is, in my circles anyway, academic circles, is why do they agree with this? Do their values that they say they hold now really support it? Or is there kind of like this hangover from a Christian, Judeo-Christian culture that sure. still kind of exists? Right. Like I went to they, church when I was a kid or something right, like right. that. So there's a, there's a vestige sense. of that. Right. I have this vague sense that all human beings matter the same. But if pressed, I impress my students on this who are largely secular, even though I teach at a Jesuit institution. You know, why are what makes us exactly the same? What is this thing that you claim get, results in radical equality? And if they say something like, you know, rationality, self-awareness, you know, uh, with the things we've been talking about so far, it just it's pretty easy to give counterexamples. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I don't know if this is unrealistic or not. I, I'm hopeful, or I hope that those of us who still believe in this can be a little more confident in talking this way and saying, listen, this is an essential part of any culture that values fundamental equality. Mm -hmm. And, and we need to shout it from the rooftops. We need to say, this is a, this is, we, we need this in the culture. Now, we don't have to have a 
you know, a, a, a kind of theocratic state or something like that. But our founders weren't theocratic and they, they thought that it was essential to start with the creator creating us all equal and that we're endowed by our creator with inalienable rights. Now, I wonder about, you know, the, the influence, Charlie, of popular culture, because, you know, if you look at your, your streaming services or whatever, you know, wherever you're finding content, I mean, a lot of people are watching the culture of death. You know, um, as just uh, the celebration, whether it's, you know, you name it. I mean, it's out there. And so we don't see, what, you, you know, mean video games, violent films, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, what's streaming right now on Prime and video or, you know, or Netflix and Hulu? I mean, it, generally, we, that is the top of what, you, you know, when you look at your feed and you're doing this and you go, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that. But a lot of people are. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people, not only in this country, but around the world. That's popular entertainment. And so the, the idea of Amagio Day and, you know, the holiness and the sacredness, that does not engage popular culture anywhere near the amount of time that the destruction in the culture of death does. It's just it's an easier feat, I think, for a lot of people to kind of do that and think that's cool, that's fun, that's interesting. And I think, you know, I don't know, that's just my take that the, the tipping of scales of death versus holiness and sanctification of life, one to the other doesn't equate. I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I don't know if I have a good solution to offer, in part because this is driven by what gets eyeballs and what makes the companies that are putting this stuff out there money. And of course, it's not easy to make money off of, um, you know, the kind of witness that the gospel requires of us, um, mm -hmm. especially in this context. Yeah. I will mention there are some silver linings again. Like, I think, I don't remember the name of the movie. Maybe you've heard of it, but Anthony Hopkins, I think just won an award. Was oh, it an yeah, Oscar yeah. for, he plays for someone with dementia, of, right? Of somebody with dementia. Yeah. So, and I think especially as the baby boomers kind of move into this in real life and start facing it, you know, and maybe in the early stages, I hope the, the, um, powers that be that control our national messaging and like what we think and the stories we tell ourselves can, 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 can move in a different direction. But I, but you can probably hear my, my voice, my skepticism about that, but, but then it doesn't, it come back to us. Doesn't it come back it to people does. who believe the gospel to say, to tell the stories, right? Yeah. Jesus was known as the great physician in many ways because he spent so much time focusing on the sick and people that clearly had issues with, um, various mental problems is probably what a lot of the demonic possession was was closely related to that he was concerned with. Um, you know, this is a, an essential part of who we are as Christians. And and if we if we can tell these stories in a way that can speak to the culture, I'll, let, let me just make this point, too. And I mentioned this in the book, too. The there's there's divided mind among historians about how the church went from this, you know, horribly persecuted sect that was thrown to lions to essentially being the official religion of the empire. One major reason that some historians uh, point to is the way that Christians responded to pandemics, the way Christians responded to mass illness by not fleeing, by not going away, by by having that kind of Christ like love to stand by those who were being marginalized as a result. Is it possible, and again, I hope this isn't wishful thinking from an academic, but is it possible that we could recreate that now? If Could our response, I mean, the, the number of people with dementia is going to double in the next generation. We already don't have enough resources to take care of the population we have. If the churches, and I include 
our brothers and sisters in the Jewish and Muslim community as well who share this belief about the image of God respond in such a way that the surrounding secular culture sees how they love one another, sees mm -hmm. how they stand by each other. Could this be the kind of thing that lights a fire that could actually rekindle a kind of revival? It certainly, some historians believe that's what led the early church to grow. Um, I wonder if it could happen again. I don't know if that's wishful thinking well, or not, a, but if I, it happened- I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's wishful more. thinking, but it's a good word. It is a really good word. Um, boy. Lord God, help that to come to pass. I'm into that. Right. Charlie, uh, plug yourself once more. Hold up your book. Losing Our Dignity. Losing Our Dignity. Oh, I think we're going to make the hashtag Restore Dignity. So maybe okay. the thing is Restore okay. Dignity. Okay, hashtag Restore Dignity. Right anyway, it's Charlie Camosi, <laughs> Thank you, Professor of Theological and Social Ethics at Fordham University. Also check out his book, Resisting Throwaway Culture, because it's really so good. Charlie, great to see you. Always good. My pleasure. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over limit charges, reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. My name is Stephanie and I'm debt free for keeps. 1-800-936-5496. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Joe Buck and John Smoltz welcoming you back to the City Center Convenience Mart. Heather's moment has arrived, and you just hope all that training pays off. Heather lays down her purchase, but Randy rings it up as slowly as he can. Uh-oh. Yep, she's looking at the cigarettes. There's nothing good back there. Heather's arm is in motion, but she just grabs the gum off the counter. That's a slick move. Even Randy tips his cap to Heather. Stand up to cancer and rally wants you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com.
in the car, or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hundreds of ministries have discovered the success of a partnership with OnePlace.com, the largest online Christian broadcast platform on the web. Here's Greg Laurie. By partnering with OnePlace, we've been able to expand our online ministry in a way that complements our current web strategy for maximized outreach and impact. And Dr. David Jeremiah. Many of the new listeners we reach here each day through OnePlace are now faithful ministry supporters. Introduce your ministry to our audience. Visit us at OnePlaceRadio.com. It'll be mainly clear and humid tonight with a low of 71. Tomorrow will be humid with a mix of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 86. Tomorrow night will be humid with plenty of clouds. An evening thunderstorm followed by a strong thunderstorm in the area late, low 69. Thursday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? High-priced vacuum. You know, like the Dyson, the... I don't know what. Dyson is the one that comes to mind. All of a sudden, you like... You spend $600 on your vacuum. Do you like a clean house? (laughs) Of course I like a clean house. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and spend $600. Now, here's the deal. You know this, and you yourself do this. You have pets that shed. Yeah. There's a lot of cat hair, mm-hmm. a lot of dog hair. Mm-hmm. You buy a decent vacuum, and I'm not saying spend $1,000 or $600, whatever. Mm-hmm. You want to suck that stuff up and get rid of that, because that's disgusting lying around. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yes, it does make sense. For whatever you can afford, the highest level of suction on a vacuum cleaner, it makes perfect sense. Go for it, Kathy Emmons. I regret that you're incorrect. What? What? No. Listen to me when I tell you this. You're going to buy some cheapy, lousy... So my vacuum, I have three of them. I have three vacuums. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you why I have three. You may have a problem. Because I live in a house with a lot of steps. Mm, So carrying a vacuum upstairs is... Okay. I paid $69 for Mm, my vacuum. Really? It is great. Really? It's great. Here, I think the key, the key is that you get a really good bag. I don't have a bag. You get a heap of bag. Mm. You get like a good filter on that sucker. No, you get something with a big engine that sucks all that stuff up. And so I have my low-priced vacuum. With a high-quality vacuum bag, I feel just fine about it. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That makes sense to you. It doesn't make sense to me. Does this make sense? Lighting switches that are room dimmers. Oh, you mean like the round guys or the ones that, the little slider? They can do either or. They can you be mean. round or they can toggle up and down. Yeah. We have room dimmers in the kitchen, mm-hmm. in the dining room in the bedrooms, in the bathroom. Because there's nothing worse than a harsh, hard light. And I, I, when we moved into the house, I put dimmers all over the place. And I love them. Does that make sense to you? 
It makes so much sense to me, John. Bingo. That you should never have a light switch without one. I agree. That, 100%. They, it should be 100% across the board enforcement. It's inexpensive. What did it cost you? 10, 15 bucks, right? The amount of happiness. Oh. That will end up in your life when you get rid of that horrible light. Just How about at top volume, just bearing down on you. First thing in the morning, like you're making a cup of coffee or something, you put that light on low. Very nice. Makes sense. 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Jack Graham, and I want to personally invite you to join me each weekday for PowerPoint, where we'll get down to the basics of what really matters, life in Jesus Christ. Each day, I'll give you practical, biblical steps for tapping into God's power for successful Christian living. So make plans to join me for a time of spiritual encouragement that will leave you feeling more alive in Christ. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Now, I don't know about your church, but we've been back to regular worship at our church for, for months. I mean, months and months. And I love it. I mean, the time that we were away, I missed it so tremendously so. I really, I couldn't believe how much I was longing to be back in the pews with my brothers and sisters, with my community, right? Yep. And I think a lot of us felt that way. So now we're back. 
But then every week, every Sunday, I go back and I go, wait a second, where, where is my buddy? And what about that family? And, you know, there's a large percentage. I don't know how large it is. I read somewhere recently, like uh, at least 25% of regular churchgoers. I mean, regular committed churchgoers are not going to go back or are still not going back. So what does that mean? Pastor Kirk Bjorklund is with us. He's the senior pastor of Orchard Hill Church and joins us today to answer that question. When you're coming back post-COVID and the empty pews at your church. Pastor, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. Good to be back. How do you feel about that, Kurt? I mean, I'm not sure. I guess I'm asking for a window into your head. You know, when you get up to preach on a Sunday, obviously you're concerned about the message you're going to provide. But do you get up there and you think, so where are all these people? I wish there were more people here. What are our numbers? Like, is that the kind of thing that you have to tell your brain to shut off? Is that like automatic, like pastor default? It's it's a great question. The the church that I pastor, at least, has continued to rebuild slowly. So every week it feels like there's more people than maybe the week before. So in that sense, it's not overly disheartening. Um, But at the same time, you have some moments where you say, I wish we were back to where we were pre-COVID, number-wise, of in-person. I, I do think, though, there are some things that that are helpful, and and I think the easy Christian churchgoer pastor answer is, oh, people need to come back to church. People need to come back to church. Uh, it's a command, and that's all true and right. Um, but I also, as a pastor, say if people don't want to come back to church. Um, then you have to ask the question, what was keeping them in the first place? Okay. And and are we doing what we can to create um, an environment where people want to be? One, one of the things I've thought for years is that church, people can listen to better music. They can dial up a preacher from anywhere they want across the country. Anyway, pre-COVID, they could do that. So what is it that makes people get dressed up and drive to a building to come together rather than just going online? And at some point, there has to be, one, a sense of community that you say, I get here that I can't get anywhere else. There has to be a sense of shared mission, something in the public affirmation of going physically to a building and saying, I'm declaring something. And then there has to be some sense of, uh, of uh, this is part of my routine to honor God, uh, that, that creates that, that want to in people. And so I guess for me, I always want to focus on the want to rather than the should. Uh, not that there isn't, is never a should, but, but should rarely gets you very far. And the truth for a lot of people, I mean, I've had these conversations with people who say, you know, I decided I really love virtual church. Um, I do church faster. I do it in my pajamas. If it's a little boring, I can tune out faster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of reasons why people prefer that. And I think as a church community, we spent the first part of COVID saying, hey, church online, church online. And you know, our online numbers are through the roof compared to where they were. Uh, and I think that's true for a lot of churches. And and so there's a good to that, because what I think has happened is is some people who are traveling who would have just 
not thought about church if they couldn't physically come before are now saying, oh, I can still do church. I just do it online. The downside is I think it's made it easier for people to say, well, you know what? It's just going to be easier. Let's just do online today. We won't run over to the church. And so your in-person numbers are lagging, I think, uh, across the country from what I'm understanding quite a bit. Yes, and I, I think that's true across the country that they are lagging. But, you know, and I know you know this, Pastor, that, I mean, Zoom Church is as good as it was as a stopgap measure is a poor imitation of what it means to be there in person. And I, I, I just, you know, speak from my own experience. I couldn't wait to get back because I need to see people face to face, eye to eye. I mean, now that everyone's got their shots, I find myself, you know, hugging people, kissing people, like leaning in. You know, <laughs> whether they want it or not, I'm going to be there. And I, I just think the tactile experience of being to see you, the pastor, to be surrounded by that community, it is everything. And I really didn't take it much into, into, uh, into uh, you know, uh, the whole sort of what it was to be a believer. But really, it's everything to me to show up on a Sunday morning because I need to see and touch people face to face. Well, there's, there are a few things that happen when you show up. One is certainly that relational aspect. And you know, as sweet as that is for some people, there are a lot of people who come in and go out of churches and feel still somewhat isolated. And so for some people that, that may not be as big a driver. The, what you can't replicate is, and you know, I did online church for a while too, just because everyone was, and it was different. It it was kind of sweet in a way with Mm -hmm. my family to sit around and have waffles and watch church. And, but you know, you didn't really sing the same way. You didn't, there was not the sense of affirmation. Um, You'd find yourself doing dishes during the sermon because it's like, well, let's clean this up while we're listening. And and so you you don't have the same focus and attention. And I think when you make church on a screen, it turns it into a consumer event more than it is intended to be. And I think that's a concern that I would have. if I primarily experience church through a screen, then I'm doing the same thing with that that I do with everything else. And what I do with everything else, you know, if I start watching a news broadcast or a show, within five minutes I decide, is this worth my time or not? And I'm clicking through it. And, and, I, and I think that's, there's something to saying, I am coming, I'm singing the songs that were chosen, I'm listening to the message that was prepared, I'm staying till the end that is actually really good for your soul because sometimes you don't know until the end where God might touch you and reach into your life. And, and so if I judge it in the first five minutes, there's a lot of times I would have missed God's movement inside my heart. Right. Yeah, We're talking with Pastor so Kurt Bjorklund, senior pastor at Orchard Hill Church. So, so Kurt, I mean, what's that message? I mean, people are out there right now who have not shown up. So what do you say as a means of encouragement to say, come "Come on back? Well, I think it, at some point it has to be, again, a conviction that this is something that's commanded in the Bible, Hebrews 10, uh, don't forsake the gathering together, the meeting together. I think that is a biblical command. The idea of Sabbath certainly, I think, includes setting aside a day for worship. Um, and so, you know, is virtual meet that entirely? I would say no. It meets it in part, uh, in a pinch, but not entirely. 
And then I think it's about saying, okay, if if you've discovered in this time period that maybe maybe the church you were at didn't quite um, meet with you the way that you thought, then maybe it's time to seek a new church, but don't stay away. I think some people, especially who haven't come back now, have hit the embarrassment side, where it's like, oh, I didn't come back right away, therefore I'm a little concerned that people will think I was, you know, whatever. And I'd say just get over it and go back and plug back in, because um, church has such a rich layer to your life when you plug in. But it's, I've said this before to people, um, and that is church is a little bit like exercise. And what I mean by that is I can skip exercise uh, for days, weeks, and there's no negative impact. But if I don't exercise for a long period of time, I lose capacity. And and what church is like is it's like spiritual exercise, and that is you won't notice because you miss a week or two that all of a sudden you can't do certain things spiritually. But stay away for a long period of time, and your belief system will change. Your uh, default obedience, your sense of mission, your sense of joy, all those things will start to change because you're not practicing something that God intended for Christians to do. So true. So true. Kurt, I've been on staff at a church for a couple decades, and even during COVID at the beginning, I, I mean, I was busy doing the online service, and you know, I didn't miss it. It was when I walked back in the door the first day, mm-hmm. I realized how much I'd missed it. Yeah. Right? That's just really important. Kurt, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you both. Always a pleasure. Kurt Bjorklund, Senior Pastor at Orchard Hill Church. Hey, listen, just pew it. Get back in those pews because you know what? We miss you. And so like what Kurt says, I mean, any weirdness you might have felt, uh, I don't know, even if it's shame at this point or whatever. Who cares? Or, you know, no one's mad at you, right? Everybody just wants to be back together again. So. Let's get back together and be that body of Christ because Zoom's one thing. That was fine for a short amount of time, but there is nothing like being in that pew and talking and singing and being in communion with fellow believers. That's the community that we're called to. So that is so really important. I mean, let's get back in the pews. Just pew it, all right? All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, their 75th anniversary, 75th wedding anniversary. Absolutely fabulous. Fabulous. Plus, we got a couple celebrity birthdays I'm going to throw at John. Uh oh. All right. And it's fried chicken day. What today is? We having some. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. Now, Mike didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for our busy schedules. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Now, Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Now, the first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for our listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. If you're a Word FM listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. 
But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see three reasons why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One, we've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, we pay WordFM listener appraisal fees up to $500, and that's upfront money that you don't have to pay back if by some chance you end up not closing. It's important to us to show our commitment to this station. And finally, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Considering a Christian education? Champion Christian School is partnering with this station to offer half off a year's tuition for first-time enrollees. For parents in the Uniontown area, Champion presents an outstanding public school alternative for pre-K through 12th grade students at their campuses in Donegal and Champion, featuring strong academics, certified teachers, and a developmental approach that helps every child reach their God-given potential. That's half off a year's tuition while it lasts at wordfm.com slash tuitions. It's Mattress Firm's 4th of July sale. For a limited time, save up to $500 on a king bed for a queen price on top-rated mattress brands like C and sleepies plus get a free adjustable base with your 999 purchase hi this is robert jermalowski owner of doing it right roofing siding remodeling looking for a new roof or siding upgrade call us for a free estimate at 724 new roof or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, and by Jimmy Carter, I mean the former president, celebrating their 75th wedding That's anniversary. Wild. Can you imagine? I mean, it's it's just, it's shocking. They started dating in 1945 when uh, he was in the Naval Academy and he came home and needed a date. I need a date. And his sister set him up. So, oh, yeah. He already had a little crush on her, so that was okay. Um uh, Rosalind Carter said this at 93 years old. She did the. She said this in an AP interview. We developed a partnership while we were working in the farm supply business, and it continued when he got involved in politics. Mm. I knew more on paper about the business than he did. He would take my advice about many things. Jimmy went on to say that Rosalind is actually much more political than him. Hmm. He was she, president. Yeah, she said, "I love campaigning. I had the best time. Huh. I was in all the states in the U.S. I campaigned solid every day. The last time we ran." Oh, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. They built the Carter Center in Atlanta, of course, after he was done being president mm-hmm. in partnership with Emory University. It's committed to human rights. Um, they several, still live in the same Several house. health initiatives there. They live in the same house. They've been personally involved in Habitat for Humanity um, for 34 years. They've helped make more than 4,000 homes in 14 countries. I got involved in Habitat because of that. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, because they were, I, saw I was so inspired. That looked really cool. I want, I want yep. to be part of that. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, I love that they live in the same ranch house. Their house is so. It looks like it is be, so shockingly average. It is. I mean, it's a Yinzer house it is in a, a way. Completely is a Yinzer house. I love it. I love that they left the White what House and went back to that house. Yeah. Now, when presidents oh. leave, they're like kajillionaires. Of course. You see the thing that Obama's building in Hawaii. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, look. Are but people are throwing me? money at them. Are you kidding Write me? Write this book. Here's fifty million. Whatever. Right. I mean, holy smokes. Okay. So listen to this. Uh, 
Former President Jimmy Carter said this, In a marriage, every day there needs to be reconciliation and communication between the two spouses. We don't go to sleep with some remaining differences between us. <laughs> Excellent. Isn't that great? Very good. All right, also i got a couple celebrity birthdays for you, John. Uh-oh. All I right. want to tell Who's you that it's a Sylvester Stallone. Sly. Oh, mm-hmm. Sylvester. And Kevin Hart. Okay. Both uh, sharing a birthday day. I'm going to ask you, how old do you think Sylvester Stallone is? Sylvester Stallone. You've seen Rocky, have you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was whenever I was in college. I almost took uh, Gillian, I forget her last name, her head off because I was so excited by that movie. Uh, <laughs> was she your date? Yeah. Uh-huh. One and only, Gillian. which was surprising. Gillian. <laughs> I injured the poor one. Uh, uh, I would say Sylvester Stallone is... I'll go. I'll go centennial. Um, Philadelphia. I'll say he's seventy-six. Seventy-five. Hey, holy cow! Very good. Kevin Hart. I don't know a whole lot about Kevin Hart. Um, Very funny. Uh, I'd say he's forty. Forty-two. Hey, not bad. It's also Fried Chicken Day. I know you Who love yourself. Who doesn't love fried chicken? I don't like fried chicken. You don't like fried chicken? Oh, come nope. on. How can you call yourself an American? Listen, it's you don't like fried that, chicken? It's, first of all, it's lousy for oh. you. It's lousy for you. If you want to fit in your pants, you should Forget avoid it. Forget that. And I just Eat all the fried into, chicken I'm you not, can. I'm not that into it. Live a little. Fried chicken is like the vapor of the gods. No, I don't think it's mm, Yummy, yummy. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.